0: Hello from Bosnia, sunshine, Dobro jutro, dobar dan, I guess it would be, Dobro dan. Recovery says, hi, you're awesome and comforting. Good. JK says, shall I go for a run or do weights? You shall do both, my love, you shall do both. For this is righteous in the way of the warrior. I prefer not to become excessively skilled at running because I believe it's teaching me to not have martial valor and is instilling the value of running away where I'd prefer to stand and deliver ferocious violence to the enemy. So I generally prefer to lift weights, but it is also unrighteous to not run and then to just be a fat weightlifter. That is also unacceptable. So you, you shall do both. But when you run, you shall sprint, and you shall imagine that you are sprinting the last few yards of the battlefield to clash with the demonic hordes in righteousness. I bet you run really hard if you do that. <laughs> a bunch of people falling off treadmills later, screaming Valhalla as they. Like, what are you doing? Doing a visualization. <laughs> uh, if you're gonna, if one thing you can do with a treadmill, if if you're gonna sprint, is you can um, you can turn it off or just put stop, and then when the when the uh, the track has stopped. You can push it with your legs. It's kind of a little bit like using a prowler. Some people call it dead milling. That's fun. Hello from Africa. Hello. Hello from Argentina. Hello. How do we rewrite our core values? Um, I don't think you need to rewrite them, you know, but whatever you want to work on, whatever you want to change, just try looking at it. So you can write down, it's always a good, exercise but fun you can look up on the internet lists of core values write down 20 that you really like the look of reduce it down to 10 and then put those 10 in order of priority and it will give you a sense of where your core values are up to at the moment if there's anything there that you wanted to change then you could just be philosophical about it just go why is that there how does it serve me would I rather that that core value had a different priority for me, um, for people who are looking to expand and to grow and to move forward in life. If you're really prioritizing safety and security and uh, privacy and you know that kind of thing, maybe these core values don't have to be gotten rid of, but they could be bumped up the list um, with a value like growth, and freedom and expression instead. Thank you, sunshine. Good morning from New Jersey. Hello there, in New Jersey. Hello from Sweden. God, that's terrible. I lived in Sweden for six months and I still can't remember anything. Oh, how do you say good day in Swedish? That's awful. Well, well, when I was in Sweden, I just went, hello. And people went, hello, because I've already spoken English. <laughs> um, Moto has asked, thank you for all your knowledge and help is is it important to remember the memories behind the emotions no no i't i just one some- sometimes like what I do is actually just very very straightforward basic counseling that's um re repackaged maybe got little bits of n l. p thrown in maybe got a little bits of this and that thrown in, but actually it's quite straightforward, and sometimes I quite strongly deviate with what mainstream counseling or mainstream psycho, a lot of of what I'm doing is like, it's quite traditional um, psychoanalytic theory. I mean like Freudian stuff. Um, And sometimes I deviate. Um, One of my deviations is the idea that you need to remember. Um, And I don't believe that you do need to remember. And I also don't believe that we can. I'm reading The Road by Cormac McCarthy at the moment. I'm slightly addicted to the American, paranoic, violent nihilism of Cormac McCarthy. I'm really loving it. And um, I wish I'd screenshotted the page. I was reading it on Kindle, um, where he was talking about memories and how most of you probably will have seen the film as a a man, and just trying to keep his son alive in a post-apocalyptic world, and he's already lost his wife. That's not really a plot spoiler. But he's actually thinking about his wife, and then he's like, don't... He sort of of says to himself, don't keep firing that memory, because you want to preserve it. So he says, don't remember her too much, because if you keep remembering it, you're going to corrupt the file. He doesn't say it in those words. He says it much more poetically and beautifully than I can. He said, don't corrupt the file by bringing it up, Cause every time you bring it up, your brain is going, your consciousness is going to add things to it. So no, just, just stay in the realm of emotion. Honestly, the realm of emotion is key. It's key. And it's the one room that nobody wants to go into. So people come to me and they'll go, I've done the work. I don't know why I'm still having this problem. And I'll go, well, you haven't done the work, which is why you still have the problem. You've done work around it. You know, you did a sweat lodge and you did Hindu chanting and you did Native American chanting and you did your visualizations and then you did psychoanalysis and then you did Gestalt therapy and you punched the pillow and you said, why daddy, why? And you wept and, and it's still all there because it's not getting into the engine. You've got to pop pop the hood. You've got to get into the engine and fix what's actually there. And the key is emotions. The key is emotions, and really we shouldn't I would go so far as to say as far as as healing goes, you don't really need to be going much further than emotions. Um, not only is it the key to everything, but I, I don't think you should be spending much, if you're in counseling or therapy right now, spending much time talking about anything else but how you feel and trying to go, well, what's real and what's not, you can't. Like you're not, it's unlikely you're gonna to get to that um, in terms of the past, because you won't really remember what happened and its it's gone. Um, and you might say, well, my entire family says it was like this. All the psychological research that has been done indicates that it is frighteningly easy to induce a false memory in somebody with barely any effort, even amongst strangers in a clinical weird setting inside of five minutes. Imagine the memories that you can instill in a human being from their family, from their siblings, from their parents, from their extended family, when they were children, when your mind was just completely open and your brain was at peak neuroplasticity. You know, it's, it's not the place to go. Now, if your desire is today, in the present, to have a better distinction between how you feel and external reality as a sovereign adult, then develop your emotional literacy. Work through your emotions. They're a part of you. Stop denying them, stop pushing them down. Stop pushing them to one side. It's not gonna help. You can't win like that. You absolutely can't win. Why do we do it? Because they hurt and it sucks. And you go, ow, I don't wanna do this. i preferred the chanting. I will go back to the sweat lodge. I'll do Qigong instead. And I would say, okay. You know, I have people say that to me. and like, they say to me, I can't do this. I'm going to go back to the other way of doing things. And I'll go, okay. Okay. That's what you're going to do because you're a sovereign, independent human being. Um, my counter argument to anybody who doesn't want to do the emotional literacy work is to say, look, it's only pain. It's either pain now that is legitimate suffering, that is grief, or it's a life half lived as a zombie forevermore. There isn't really a middle ground. Uh, Carl Jung said all neurosis, all mental health issues um, are a result of trying to avoid the legitimate suffering that comes from facing and handling our feelings and processing them fully. You don't want to be emotionally constipated. You can't see reality as it is. It's, um, It's impossible. Sonia Mallet says, with dissociation, the closest thing to meditation I can do is hold a cup of warm liquid and concentrate on that. While I do understand its benefits, challenging. Any recommendations? Dissociation is an emotional flashback and the emotional flashbacks are there to help us to avoid pain. Um, This is, if you read uh, Pete Walker's CPTSD from surviving to thriving, and then go on to read the Tao of fully feeling. This is basically what he says. The flashbacks are there counterintuitively to try and control love and to control attachment and the way in which we experience love. But they're also there to cover grief, grief, just a huge wellspring, a reservoir of grief. Um, because life is traumatic. It's full of suffering. Wasn't that the first noble truth? Life is suffering, life is trauma, life is uh, is painful. But there can still be joy, there can still be happiness, there can still be wonderful things and great things, but it is probably better to have a stoic philosophy and a stoic attitude and be like, yeah, it hurts. Being alive hurts. How do we deal with that hurt? How are we gonna cope with that? So if you're dissociating strongly, that means that you're trying to escape pain um, not you were trying to, like a pre-egoic phase when you were pre, pre uh, you didn't really have a sense of yourself. You Your system learned to do this to avoid danger and to avoid pain. And what probably was happening was somebody was screaming at you or terrifying you, probably an adult, probably a parent, so much that your consciousness jumped out of your body They scared the shit out of you. And then they scared the mind out of you. And they scared the spirit out of you. So you just jump out, go, dink, and you go away. Oh, I'm safe over here. You probably fantasize a lot. Probably quite a creative person. Probably quite capable of holding in concentration one single thing for hours on end. Great for artists and brain surgeons and high level mathematicians and quantum physicists. It's great. But for you as a human being, it's not fantastic that that's where you would go in the presence of danger because the brain generalizes and then danger becomes stress. So then any stress will cause dissociation. So you're trying to go to the supermarket, you forgot to put fuel in the car, and the kids are in the back seat and they're arguing with each other. There's no major danger. You're going to get there and back. You're going to be fed. Everything's going to be fine. It's only first world trouble, but you will pop out of your body and you'll dissociate as though there was a major threat there. So uh, overcome the emotional flashbacks and develop emotional literacy. The way you develop emotional literacy is by looking at, by honoring your emotions. The simplest exercise that I can offer people to begin to do that, the white belt ground level exercise, is to look up on the internet lists of emotions and then take 15 minutes to write down the emotions that you felt today or yesterday, and maybe you could start with three and then you can upgrade to five of them. And for most of us, this is incredibly hard, even though it's a very simple exercise, but this is how we start to develop our emotional literacy by looking at and acknowledging and honoring the emotions, exploring them and expanding them, saying, why do I feel this way? What is the emotion that's behind the emotion? Yesterday, I felt tremendous rage Was it rage? Oh no, I did the emotional literacy exercise and I found out it was irritation and crankiness because I'm worn out. Why am I worn out? Um, It was um, fear. Uh, It was sadness. It was whatever it is in your case. It might not have been rage that you felt yesterday. It might have been uh, anxiety. It might have been whatever it was, but to actually acknowledge the emotions and explore them probably enough. Thank you very much for your time and for your attention and I will jump on and do this again tomorrow. Thank you.